Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, how are you all doing out there? Because I'm not doing so great. The Warriors, they lost a game that they had no business losing, 119-114 in overtime against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, this was just a team-wide loss, a very solid team-wide effort to lose this one. You know, I just want to have a brief moment of silence for the Golden State Warriors. (sighs) Dearly departed three-game winning streak that should have definitely been four. So here's that moment. Okay, that's enough. Uh, You know, my, my father, my pops, is visiting me, and he's a big Warriors fan. If you don't know, when we were kids or when I was a kid, he would take me and my brother to games at the Oakland Coliseum way back in the day. And parking at the Coliseum was seven bucks. Ain't that something? Uh, But he asked me early in the game, like, what I thought would happen in this game and what the prospects would be. And I said, hey, you know what? The Warriors, they're clicking. They're focused. They got... Uh, some things going, they figured some stuff out. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, even though they're kind of rolling a little bit themselves, uh, they're missing Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and the Warriors still have the best player on the court, you know? And it looked that way. It looked like this was going according to plan. It wasn't a blowout in any sense like that, but it felt like one of those games that the Warriors had under control that they were managing. You know, I was like, okay, I guess we're not going to see Wiseman or Moody in this one because it's not going to become like a, a 20, 25 point lead, but it all just uh, fell apart in the fourth. There was one play in particular. I believe the Warriors were up 13 or 14. I think that was their biggest lead of the game. And it was really strange. Nas Reed had just missed a shot. The Warriors got the rebound. Staff was dribbling the ball up the court. And on the left side, across the court, Draymond Green and Kevon Looney were walking up the court next to each other. And Steph threw the ball towards them, presumably at Draymond, because why would he throw it to Looney? But he threw it behind both of them. And I guess Draymond was confused. He thought that, you know, like maybe it wasn't for him. And Looney just, (laughs) the ball went out of bounds. Nas Reed hit a shot on the ensuing possession. And it just slowly fell apart from there. The T-Wolves, they, they got confidence. And D'Angelo Russell, you know, I'm not a huge fan of him overall, but the dude can get streaky hot. And he scored 29 points in this one, and he brought them back. The Warriors, they slowly but surely just started missing shots. I think they were like 6 of 19 or something from the field in the fourth. And I don't know if they hit a three. They may not have in that quarter. So it just was a legit meltdown. And it's frustrating because obviously they've had problems closing out games this season. And we've seen more games where they didn't close out and lost than they actually closed out close games. It feels like that. You know what I mean? Especially with recent games like the Nets. And the Celtics games where it was like, okay, this feels like a, uh, a game that they will eventually just survive. They will persist. They, were o- o- they will overwhelm the other team. But it just hasn't happened. 
you know, it just, it just hasn't. And like I said, against OKC, when OKC came back, it's like, there's a lot of talent in this league and the Timberwolves, they're good enough. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're a huge threat to go anywhere in the playoffs, but they're definitely not going to back down. They have some young guys, some athletic guys uh, who are proud and, you know, like no one's afraid of these Warriors anymore, right? Maybe, maybe if it's crunch time in game six or game seven in the playoffs, you get a little scared of their pedigree. But right now, when there's no pressure, they're just going to come after you. And, and that's exactly what happened. It's crazy because they got to the line, right? <laughs> they got to the line. I mean, they, they shot poorly. Steph, eight for 21. Clay, three for 13. Pool, four for 13. Steph, uh, five for 12 from three, which ain't too bad. Clay, two for seven. Pool, one for five. But those three dudes, they all got to the line. Steph, eight for nine. Clay, six for six. <laughs> Pool, nine for 10. And at the end of the day, like turnovers is where I see the biggest discrepancy. 17 to 11. And they came at the most inopportune times in that fourth quarter in overtime. And you can't put this one on like someone like Jordan Poole, right? <laughs> I mean, Jordan Poole for his poor shooting, like he was forcing the issue and he actually, you know, did some good things out there. I don't want to sound like a broken record and just say, oh yeah, they'll figure it out because I think they will. And this is just one of those games. But Whereas like in a regular kind of dynasty season, when guys are healthy, it's like you want to say, oh, you just flush this one. But it has been habitual. You know, bad habits are hard to break. (laughs) And I always say like if they don't start forming some better habits, then, you know, all it takes in a second round matchup is to have a couple of games where those bad habits rear their ugly heads and you lose and you're done. You know what I mean? Not saying it will happen and it's not doom and gloom, but it's like, okay. And if you listen or watch this podcast, you've heard me say this before. At a certain point, you are who you are. You know what I mean? And the Warriors, like, who are they? The identity that we've talked about, you know, it's it's still forming, We thought maybe recently it was there, but again, if you want to look at it, it's three wins. So it's three steps forward, one step back, but this tendency and this, this end of game inability to close is not just teams making runs, right? Teams make runs throughout games, but like the Warriors, I I said, maybe I jinxed it (laughs) after the Celtics game. I was like, Hey, you know, I'll take my chances in a close game with the Warriors up ahead a little bit, putting Steph in the game and then him closing. Again, not saying that these guys are not closers, but overall as a team, they just haven't shown it. So something needs to get right. And obviously the sting, the burn of this loss is really, really fresh. I'm just, I was just incredulous. You know, There was a point in the fourth when the Wolves started gaining confidence where I was like, okay, I feel not just the the momentum turning, but it just felt like one of those games because we'd seen them recently where I don't know if the Warriors can push back enough to get this. They have the talent, they have the pedigree, but I don't know if they had the will. And they tried, but you know, Clay missed, Steph missed, Poole missed, Wiggins missed. I mean, man, 
you know, it's, this game ain't on Wiggins because, you know, he played decently. He didn't play w- with as much force as he has in the past against the his former team, the Wolves. But, man, there was that that uh, play where the ball just slipped out of his hands under the basket. I was like, oh, oh, man, <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. You know, that's two points that would have given them, I think at the time, like maybe a four-point lead. Regardless, buckets like that are hard to come by. And it looked like the Warriors were having a lot of trouble at that time scoring. So it's just uh, it's just a bummer. And even Steph's last shot in regulation in the fourth, there were 24.8 seconds left on the game clock. And so, you know, Steph was dribbling up top. Clay came up, gave him a screen, and Steph went inside the arc. Uh, just beyond the elbow and shot a mid-range two-pointer and he missed badly you know <laughs> like he didn't airball it but it wasn't just like oh it's short oh it's a little long it was a little off you know a little off to the right and that was also surprising to me because he actually left the wolves four seconds on the game clock to get a shot off you know it didn't happen but hey and then in overtime D'Angelo Russell he had four fouls and on back-to-back plays he fouled Jordan Poole and he was gone. He fouled out. So like, I was like, okay, here is another opportunity. The basketball gods are giving you another chance, but you know what? The basketball gods also don't reward kind of like sloppy play. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the Warriors, they think teams will fold and they take their foot off the gas or something, but it's just late game execution, man. You know, we know these guys can do it. That doesn't go away. But hey, it's like, you know, I could run 10 miles because I've done it in the past. But if I haven't run one mile in the last six months, it's going to be hard <laughs> to just say, like, I'm going to do it. I don't know if that's the best analogy, but that's what I got right now. So bottom line is the Warriors are now in eighth place again. And the West is still tightly packed. So like they can move up. But this was an opportunity. And again, not all doom and gloom, but it's just frustrating because when you see a loss because of the same kinds of errors, mistakes, uh, mental lapses, lack of situational awareness, uh, it's like it's tiresome. You know, I'm sure they're tired of it. I'm sure they're not happy, but they have to get past this somehow, some way. And their starters played a ton in this one i'd said before i was like hey maybe maybe if they get this game the starters will rest against the nuggets on the back-to-back a little bit of gamesmanship you know like messing with the nuggets a little bit and then also saving the guys but hey clay's not going to play tomorrow because he doesn't play the second night of back-to-backs and then steph played 43 draymond played 39 and, you know, hey, maybe, maybe you sit those dudes, including Wiggins. Wiggins only played 35, but still. 
NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Is Steph going to go for 30? Is Clay going to hit five threes? Is James Wiseman going to play? Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Anyway, I've talked about these 10 games before the All-Star break, and I've wanted seven and three. They're now two and one. This is just my own personal barometer because as i've said recently it's about finding that identity and getting to the all-star break with some good vibes like this team i want them to have their mojo back so when they come back post all-star break it's just like all right we know who we are let's execute we're good to go for the most part you know and there's still time for that of course you know the nuggets game is going to be tough tomorrow and then after that they get dallas at home okc at home they go to portland they get the lakers at home they get the washington wizards at home and then they go to la to play the clippers on the road a lot of winnable games in there so i still feel good about it but you know they need to start racking some of these wins they need to just start snapping out of these things, you know, and some blame can go to Steve Kerr a little bit, right? Maybe he's not reining these guys in enough, but to me, this is on the players. Kerr tried all those guys that I've talked about who can be dependent on in closing situations. You saw Poole out there because they needed to score and they needed to force the issue. Uh, you saw Dante DiVincenzo out there uh, because he's just always, always solid. You saw Looney out there. Uh, to fight against the Wolves' size and rebounding and to play some interior defense because the Wolves were just getting what they wanted in the paint. But those guys have to play better and they have to execute. Can't just be like, hey, we're the Warriors and these kids are going to fold because that's that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen anymore. (laughs) You have to force them to fold, (laughs) you know, because – I guarantee you what a coach would say to a team like the Wolves tonight or any other team that is behind by 10 to the Warriors is like, oh, these guys can get beat in the fourth quarter. They can cough up leads. You have to force them into mistakes. You have to force them into turnovers and errors because they are there. So Warriors got to tighten it up. Keep saying that. Been saying that for months now. And I still believe, of course, I still believe in them and seeing how this goes out. But man, this was a a tough one in a season of many, many tough ones, man. Especially like all these end of game, fourth quarter, overtime losses that it feels like they've had a ton this season. I don't want to go back and remember all of them, but beyond the recent Nets game, the recent Celtics game, the ones that pop out are like that first road game against the Charlotte Hornets. Right. 
where the Warriors just thought they were going to coast to a win. Guess what? Same thing. They didn't. And then they lost in overtime. And then that Jazz game, which, you know, a lot of guys were resting for that one, but it was execution, focus, situational awareness, all these things. And you never want to overreact, especially when you do a podcast where you talk about every single game, but you don't want to overreact to one game. But just thinking about those, it's like some of the same mistakes. And clean it up, clean it up. That's what you say. Tighten it up. And when it comes down to it, I think they will. But like I said earlier, you know, the Warriors used to have these championship habits and they're still there buried somewhere. But, you know, bad habits are hard to break. And once you get into that kind of like rhythm, like I said, all it takes is just one or two of those games where you really, really just blow it and lose focus. And that can, that can lose you a series that can turn a series. That's it. You know, that could turn a, dare I say, playing game (laughs) if it really came down to it. You know, I don't think that's, I don't think that's likely at all, but you know, it is what it is. My favorite part of the game, I will say, Jonathan Kaminga, I talked about how I wanted to see him versus Anthony Edwards. And it felt like, you know, there's little, little competition uh, in the minutes together, but it wasn't the main, the main story, of course, on the night. But uh, that one block that Jonathan Kaminga had on Anthony Edwards, where Kaminga was guarding. Edwards lost him on a screen or it was a switch. And then Edwards drove down the left side of the lane, went up for a layup and Kaminga just bounded across the key and swatted that, that shot. I was like, Whoa, that was beautiful. You know, just the fact that he covered that much ground and got up that quickly. One of the fastest risers I've seen ever one of the fastest risers I've seen in a Warriors uniform, that's for sure. And uh, that is very, very promising. Um, and one more thing, there's some chatter going out. I think some Philly sports writers said that Matisse Thibel, the defensive ace guard forward for the Philadelphia 76ers, who's kind of in out of the rotation or something or in the doghouse or not getting his the same minutes he used to, his effectiveness has gone down, but that the Warriors might be interested in him. And, of course, it depends on what the Warriors would have to give up. Moody, a pick, Jermichael Green, I don't know. Uh, Wiseman, I wouldn't do that. But I'd think Moody. You know, I'd think about it. Thibault isn't very good offensively, but on defense, he's pretty solid. There was one game last season where he gave Steph a lot of problems. I believe they lost in Philly last season. It's something to consider. Uh, Again, it's all just chatter. Who knows if it's even real because there's just so much chatter and rumor mongering at this point in the season. The trade deadline is on February 9th. So it's really, really soon. The thing about Thibel though is like, because he can't really score. I mean, the Warriors have a couple of those dudes, right? They have Draymond and uh, Kevon Looney who obviously they can score and they you know, put up some shots every now and then, but teams don't guard them. They don't worry about them. They don't fear them, all that jazz. And you just can't run out a lineup with Thibel, Green, and Looney at the same time. I don't think there would ever be a situation 
where he would really need that. And also it's a question of like who he would take minutes away from. You know what I mean? Would he take him from DiVincenzo? Would he take him from Kaminga? Would he take them from Lamb? And does he duplicate anything or is he just insurance? So I don't know. I'll leave it at that. That's a lot of chatter for something that's completely hypothetical that I just read right before this game. So whew, tough loss, y'all. But what I like about the NBA season is that there's always a game within like a day or two. So on to the next. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.